Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Podcast with your host Joe and the person who blew the screen while trying to read a big word. That with me. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, Joe. How we doing? Hey, Tom. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I came back to the cinema today, so I'm going to be talking about that later on. You did yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, if this is your first time listening to the Fantasy Podcast, welcome. We're discussing everything that's your, your different fandoms. Star Wars, gaming, tech, whatever it is. Uh, what we're discussing today is we're going through the gaming latest game releases as per usual. Uh, what one game you prefer to play for the rest of your life, and a bit of Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny, and a little bit more. So let's let me start you off with some gaming releases. There isn't too much for July so far because we're starting. Yeah, what's coming? Start of the 18th, which by the time you're listening to this, it's already released for PC and PS5 Viewfinder. Now, this was uh, announced a few years ago on E3, I seem to remember. It's this first-person adventure game which you can reshape reality by placing found options in the world, which is pretty cool. So you have this camera, you uh, take a picture, and you can actually, if you took a picture, I don't know, of the current floor that you're standing on, you can use it to bridge the gap. Um, so it could be used like that, which I think is kind of, it twists your, I'd say, perception. So it seems very cool. Um, yeah. Something I definitely want to kind of maybe have a go at. So it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds like a game that plays on perception. I feel like there's been a couple of games that do something like that um, over the last few years. So it sounds interesting. Yeah, so that will be available on the 18th. Moving on to the 20th of July, we've got the Sea of Thieves, um, the uh, Legend of Monkey Island DLC that's coming out for you, you pirates out there. However, a day later on the 21st of July, if you fancy running your own pub as a simulator, you can do so with Brew Pub Simulator. That's coming out on the 21st. I love my Sounds like something I could be interested in. Yeah, it's it, it sounds very similar to how gas station sim was and i do like right that. surprisingly it's 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 addictive but so many hours okay. and then later on in july is the 26th and that will be the ratchet and clank rift apart pc release on steam for roughly 50 pounds so you like ratchet and clank and you've got a pc well that's the date for you i used to be really into ratchet and clank that might be my way back in hmm Okay, so the next, I say the next, the first topic we're going to talk about is something that I kind of thought about when looking through my game library the other day. So I thought to myself, if you could only play one game from each genre, what would they be? I've selected some genres here, and because as we know, there are loads of genres. Yeah, I thought this would be quite good to talk about here on the podcast. So um, there are some kind of rules that I, that we can abide by it can be it doesn't have to be a specific game it can be a game franchise just in case a sequel comes out years later um okay. it can be a game that is that's not yet out yet um but uh, we will assume everything we know so far and our expectations are going to be met that's the assumption we're going to make if you're going to choose that sort of game and i've also put in a curveball genre for both of us where we don't deal with um but first of all um first person shooter do you want to start us off joe 
Yeah, FPS, that's an easy one for me. Um, yeah. My difficulty is whether it's a individual game or a franchise. Because as a franchise, I'd say Halo. Mm. Because I've always got a lot of joy out of Halo games. Yeah. But if I narrowed it down to a specific game, I'd probably go with Halo Reach. I think I put the most time into that and had a lot of fun playing with friends, playing through the campaign. Mm. Just, just an all-round enjoyable experience for me. Yeah. See, for me, like, talking of Reach, you know, um, my friends bought me, I've never played Halo before until I think it was like last year or something, they bought me the Master Chief Collection. And oh, I yeah. Through, I did, I think Reach is the one I'm, uh, I'm thinking, but the ending of Reach on the campaign is a bit, um, um, yeah, that sort of reaction. A bit traumatic. Is that the right yeah. one I'm thinking of? Yeah, with the, the kind of the lone wolf last yeah. stand. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get very attached to Noble Six, and then all of a sudden it's, uh, oh god, oh why? I mean, yeah. if you're a long-time fan of the series, then at that point you knew kind of where it was going. Mm. But, um, yeah, yeah it's still kind of... Hadn't really played the game it was a bit of a, a shock um, but saying that though, I, even for sort of me and my friends that as i say we played through the series even for us it was a bit like oh jesus what no i wasn't ready yeah. stop yeah so yeah I, I i get it man definitely get it yeah uh fps for me um, I've played quite a few over the years. Obviously, it's the main sort of game that I think me and my friends tend to play. That's why I've, I've probably played a lot more than than I would like to. Um, but it would be it would be the Payday franchise. Um, reason okay. being because Payday Three is obviously coming out, but also I love Payday Two. In fact, it was the game I was playing just before we started recording this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I think it's down to the fact that if it was the only FPS game I was allowed to play for the rest of my life, it has so much replayability. There are 83, 84 heists in the game. There's an infamy system, which is the leveling system. So every time you get to a level 100, you can infamy uh, infamy up. But then um, your um, level resets down to zero. So you've got to start all over again. And every level you get, you get skill points which you you spend to make a build and that's also a thing there are perk decks and there are skills to build your own build basically however you want to play so Mm. that's also all that there are hundreds and hundreds of different guns to use as well so you can have all these different combinations and stuff and there are so many different heisters and all that combination has that huge replayability and you can bring three friends along so and if you absolutely want to, you've completed everything, you can reset your account back to zero, nothing, nil, again, and start all over, you know. And that's just in Payday 2. You know, we've got Payday 3 coming out in um, September. So, oh well. you know, we've got Payday 2 plus Payday 3. I haven't played Payday the Heist before, but there's that as well. So it's just, to me, just thinking about replayability that is probably the most replayed and most played fps that i i have so that's going to be my answer for the fps i'm a little bit surprised you didn't say siege 
Really? Yeah, I know you. I know you used to play that quite a bit. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. I've just got. It's just. It's way too sweaty. It's way right. too sweaty. The, the reason why I have so many hours is to, as you will know, in the British RPC, that is, it tends to be the the game that everybody plays. Yeah. Once we've done some RP, it, 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 you go on to Everyone that. Everyone couple hours of siege, yeah. Um, so that's why I have so many hours. But I'm just... Nah. That's Fair why, enough. That's why I, I, I even refuse to play it now. If someone suggests, oh, do you want to download sheet and go back to siege? I'm like, no. <laughs> I just feel it's way wow. too it's way too sweaty. It's way too toxic. and Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Because it is very competitive. So there's that. Shall we move on to the second genre, which yeah. is going to be What's... racing? Ooh, okay. What's your racing game that you're your go-to, Joe? That's that's more difficult because I don't. I used to play racing games a lot. I don't as much anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. What I play more now is Project Cars. Hmm. Um. With that, I love the simulation element. I love the career that it, that it goes up through different um, different motorsport series. Yeah. Um, you know, you can start in karting and go all the way up to F1, basically. Um, I, I kind of love that it covers all those different bases. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I used to love the Need for Speed franchise. I've played a bit of Forza Horizon. I, I enjoy that. Um, God, many years ago, I played some Gran Turismo. Um, but yeah, I I think if I'm gonna have to choose one, I'm probably gonna go with Project Cars. I think that's that's my favourite in racing at the moment. Yeah, uh, in fact, it would be my. I used to say that the Project, particularly Project Cars Two, was my go-to recommendation or um, if you want to start into re uh, sim racing because it has that variety right. it's more like a sandbox you've got yeah. all these different uh, motorsport disciplines that so you might go onto a certain class of car that you might not realize mm. um, you like and you you yeah. go you'll, you'll drive it and you'll be like actually I quite like this and that will that might put your decision on what sim racing title to then go go on to you know if you yeah. like your open wheel you might go over f1 the f1 official game um, yeah or if you like your gt3 you might go for a set of course of Zioni, which is obviously the official uh, gt world challenge game or if you like a bit of everything you'll either stick to it or you'll move all over to a set of Corsa. but now a set of Corsa is kind of the one that i would say is the more sandboxy because you can't get project cars 2 anymore it's completely delisted, yeah. uh, which is a shame. I luckily still have it, which, you know, if you own it, obviously you still have it. So, um, and Project, yeah, Cars, Project Cars 3 is went away <laughs> from the what everybody loved about Project Cars, unfortunately. But they were, yeah. they did promise they were going to bring it back with the next Project Cars. But EA, being EA, have cancelled Project Cars series, which makes me very, very sad because I love Project Cars. So I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Uh, but some of the developers have made a new studio um, called, I think it's called Maverick Studios, actually. <laughs> Coincidentally. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Secret Sonic 
awesome. Um, not run by me, by the way. Uh, All right, my, yeah. my gaming name may be Maverick, but um, you know that's the cover. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're just gonna have to see what they uh, they come up with because it's some of the people that have worked on Project Cars and some others. So I'm interested to see what they're actually going to come up with in terms of a racing yeah. game. Definitely one to keep an eye on. As for me, honestly, ACC is the 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 game, also known as Assetto Corsa Cobazuni, the GT World Challenge game. I have probably the most hours in in terms of all simulators because I realise I really love GT3 cars. Um, obviously, some races I also have the multi-class of GT4 and GT3 because I'm mentioning that because I know you like the Ginetta, Joe. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I love them. Because that's that's GT4. Uh, so sometimes yeah. there's that multi-class between GT3 and GT4. Um, but it wouldn't be that because again, I'm thinking about replayability. Um, I'm okay. thinking I'm thinking variety. I'm actually going to go for a set of Corsa, uh, original set of Corsa. Oh. And it's because it's more of this sandbox. You know, I can go in and de and also modding scene. So many mods, um, right. infinite kind of possibilities in it now. We've got so many tracks, so many cars, all these combinations that we we I can just play on. So I will never get bored. I will never just be if I you know, if I chose ACC, I would have to just stick with one discipline. If I went with Assetto Corsa, you know, it would be that other aspect of i can do whatever i want in it and there are even yeah. maps like the well the, the i've told you about this before the shikoka revival project which is just driving along the japanese highways so it doesn't oh, have to yeah. be racing and there are some maps where i'll they are literally designed for cruising so there might be like country roads or some city or town areas just to just to drive in so that driving chill experience that we both love when we stream Eurotruck every week, I wouldn't be missing out. Yeah. Uh, because I can still do that in a set of Corsa in whatever car I kind of want to and still have that kind of chill stuff. It's a little bit more yeah. difficult to set up servers and stuff, but um, you'd have to have your port forwarding or basically rent a server. But apart from that, you know, you can also bring your friends along, which is great. And even the, the graphic mods that you can get with it now make the game look incredible. And I, I mm. honestly think, the for, particularly the force feedback and the physics are superior to a lot of racing games that are coming out now. I would even argue it's a bit better even from ACC. But yeah, and also, I don't think you know about this, Assetto Corsa 2 is coming out next year. I didn't know that. Mm. That's interesting. So everybody's excited to see if we can basically get the same sandboxy sort of moddable game that we have now, yep. but just improve on everything. Well, uh, let's hope they be... don't do a Project Cars 3. <laughs> yes. Suddenly go with the uh, the arcade style. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to be a bit more Simcade, which I kind of get, because Project Cars... I mean... Project Cars 2 was a bit like that, where it was a bit, it wasn't fully into any anyone. The graphics were amazing, the weather system was amazing, but yeah. Um, but for those people that want, that love the Project Cars engine, and, and really likes that, there is a game called Automobilista 2. Now that is on the same engine, that's on the Madness engine, but they oh. it's, it's a full sim instead. 
Um, it's a bit more niche because their focus is a bit more specific. Um, they, right. They've they've involved some Brazilian motorsport uh, stock cars, which okay. um, some other um, racing games don't really touch on. But it does have GT3. It's got your prototype cars. It's got. It still has some variety. Um, okay. But for those that, that that are interested, that is a that is an option if you want to. If you like the look of, or you like the feel of, and you wanted a bit modern, a bit a bit more sim than Project Cars Two, that's that's another one to kind of have a look at, basically. Yeah, I might have to might have to check that out at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's one I also own, and the problem with owning all these simulators is you never have time for all of them, which is big mistake. Oh yeah, I know pick, that. Pick, I, pick yeah. two or three, and then you're good to go, because <laughs> I've got everything. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Right, the third genre is simulation. Oh. What is your sim? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but by all means, surprise me, Joe. You probably do know what I'm going to say. And any long-time fans of uh, my streaming channel will also know what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, it has become a staple of my streaming channel, and if you... Listeners, watchers, if you haven't seen, please do come and join us at some point. Um, anyone that has been around for a while will know I have Tuesday Night Trucking, uh, where we play Euro Trucks into or American Truck Simulator. They're both built on the same engine. It's just basically a different skin on top of it. Um, but yeah, th these truck simulators have been a staple of my channel for a long time now. Um, for some reason, I mean, I get it. When I first saw the game, I was a bit like, but but why? Why would you play that? What's the point? It's just a really chill game. I love it. Um, it's got to be Euro Truck Sim 2. <laughs> Has to be. There's there's no competition. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought you'd say that. I had a feeling that would be your sim. What else could it be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I know I've said the same franchise, but technically, American Truck Simulator is the same franchise as Euro Truck, so you could get away with uh, yeah, I guess. going with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Made by Sender Alpers. As for me, see, I play a lot of Sims, and, you know, there are, def there are definitely multi-genre games, so I could be really cheeky here and say, and go for a racing sim. Because it's a yeah. simulator. I could be really sneaky and do that. But I'm not. I'm not going say, to do that. It was like you doubling down a little bit. And yeah. And I'm actually going to say, a game that's in alpha, a game that isn't out yet, mm -hmm. Star Citizen is my simulator okay. choice. Gives me a bit of variety. Um, and I love the game to pieces. Um, it's It has the replayability, because no two... No two um, sessions, that's the word, are the same. Yeah. Um, and you can just muck around and have fun with your friends as well, which is exactly what I did on um, yesterday's stream, which would be a, a Saturday stream, because I streamed some Star Citizen yesterday um, with one of my friends. Bunch of fun. Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of uh, ships, there's a bunch of jobs what to do, there's salvage, there's bounty hunting, there's delivery jobs, there's cargo. You know, it's just no one way to do anything. So I think, honestly, yeah. that replayability is again there for Star Citizen. And it's constantly being updated. Yes, it might not be out yet, but again, 
we're assuming the expectations are going to be high and they they fix all the optimization and stuff so yeah i would be more than happy to play star citizen for the rest of my life in the simulation genre 100 percent. yeah fair enough the next genre rpg I'll, I'll be honest with you tom this one is this is more difficult for me because mm. i've got two that i can't decide between yeah. um so one of them you may already have expected empire at war mm-hmm. um the modding scene for that is fantastic and it just gives a lot of replayability i feel um so that's one of my big choices for See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have classed that as an RPG, but I suppose it is, isn't it? It's a sub-genre, really. It's one of those multi-genres. I thought that would be no. more strategy. What game. am I thinking? It, you're right. It is a strategy game. I've gone totally the wrong way. <laughs> For some reason, I've heard RPG, and my mind's gone, "Yeah, that's a strategy game." <laughs> Total brain fart. I suppose you are role-playing the Empire or the. Uh, you're, you're playing an admiral. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing an admiral over I suppose the, the you Navy. could stretch that. But... <laughs> no, right. We'll rewind that. We'll start again. We'll try, try a different approach. RPG. There's still two options for me. We'll, we'll get there eventually, listeners. It, it, look, Spoiler if you've right. been around... If you've been around for a while, this, this is how I usually do my streams and everything as well. If it goes wrong, it's fine. We own it. Um... RPGs. No, I have two choices actually in, in this as well. One is Skyrim. Skyrim mm. is something that I seem to come back to a lot. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I like that fantasy game um, or, or genre, I guess, more. Uh, but I like that fantasy and there's nothing else that really kind of fills that niche in the same way that Skyrim does. Um, yeah. But the other one for me is also the... Star Wars Jedi series, Fallen mm. Order and Survivor. Um, again, if you've watched me stream those, you'll know that I have said that they are my all-time favourite games. Um, yeah. But I don't feel like they have as much replayability. Mm. Which is why I wonder if I maybe would go with Skyrim instead, because Skyrim is a, feels a lot more open, um, and that character customization and the way you decide to play that character, whether you know you go two-handed sword or bow and arrow or you focus on magic. Mm. Uh, there's a lot more options for, for replays of the game. And I mean, even to this day, I've never completed a playthrough of Skyrim because I get distracted by all the side quests, <laughs> exploring the world and, and all these other things that I, I get distracted from the main story. Um, but that's why I love it so much, because there's so much to do. I still haven't explored everything in that game. Even all of the side yeah. quests, I still haven't done them all. So, yeah, I think for that reason, for for the fact that there's still so much more for me to explore in there, I'm going to go yeah. with Skyrim. See, I would argue Jedi Survivor is a bit more like that open-worldy uh, Skyrim that you're describing, because it has yeah. so much more. Because obviously there's the bounty hunter stuff that you've got to go through. There are more side quests and missions and things to find and yeah got the collectibles as well i'd say it's more over full order but i get where you're coming from so mine um i don't to be honest i don't play a lot of rpg games so it was a little bit difficult to be honest thinking about this um because my first thought was cyberpunk 2077 um because i really enjoyed okay. that 
it yeah. has the replayability because you can choose three different paths to start on. And I've only played through it once. In fact, the, okay. D- the new DLC with Idris Elba is coming out in September as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's that as well. So they're still expanding it. Now, I know it had a, a lot of um, hate at the, at the start of launch, but it's completely fine now. Um, cause it's all kind of fixed. So that was my first thing. But then I thought, well, there's an RPG coming out in September, September 6th, that um, I quite want to, you know, I think will have the replayability in that kind of length of time. Yeah. Um, Starfield. I know it's another space yeah. game, but it has, it's the single player, it's single player. Star Citizen's an, on its main thing is MMO. Yes, Star Citizen has Squadron 42. But its main thing is always going to be that MMO multiplayer. As for Starfield, it's the single-player RPG with choices and all that kind of thing. So yeah. I think, particularly with the ship customization and all these thousands of planets that they've said they're that they're going to be, you know, I think there's going to be so much to do in Starfield to the point where I am confident to say that I would be happy with that for an RPG for the rest of my life, 100%. Yeah, it's interesting you mention that because it's not out yet. Um, so that's a, there's a lot of assumption there. Yeah, but, as, I, as I said at the start of this, let's assume everything yeah, yeah. everything we know and everything that we expect is going to happen. So, but the the supporting argument to that though, I would say is it's a it's another Bethesda RPG. You know, like the Elder Scrolls series, like the Fallout series, mm. it's. We know that they know how to do world building. We know they add in all that replayability by, you know, character customization, gameplay styles, the, the side quests, the world building. I'm confident, like you, actually, that that will be a good game. Definitely. Yeah, and there's, I've just remembered there's all this, the skills stuff. So you can make yeah. it almost, it's almost a little bit like Payday 2 of build, having your own build of skills. So you could yeah. do another build of skills. And remember, there's the traits, right? The your origin traits. Yeah. So you could you just can choose different you, ones if you did a new playthrough. But even yeah, that, you can totally respect your character in a whole different way. But then and I'm it'll thinking, change the whole experience. But then I'm thinking, well, it's going to take you a goddamn long time to do your first playthrough, let alone a second playthrough of Starfield by the, the look of what we know so far. So yeah, yeah. It'll, I I guarantee you, for me, it'll be another game like Skyrim. I'll never finish it. Because yeah. I'll get distracted by doing X, <laughs> Y, and Z every time I play. Yeah. Right. Are you ready for your curveball, Joe? <laughs> no, but go on. The genre of sports. Feel, I, I, feel free to type in sports in Steam Store. <laughs> uh, <laughs> feel free. You, Tom, you're asking me... You're asking me to choose... My favourite lump of coal. <laughs> I don't know. They're all the same to me. It doesn't mean anything. Look, I'm 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 genuinely going onto the the Steam store page now, and I'm finding sports. I can't even find it. There it is. Look, this is how infrequently I visit that section of Steam. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, look. There's racing games in here. I could double down on that side. Um. Is uh, F one in there? I could I could go for that. Uh, why why have you put this in there? I don't I don't. 
<laughs> I don't understand what was going through your head, Tom. <laughs> Do you know what, actually? No, I'm going to go... I'm going to throw a curveball in here. I'm not going to go with a PC game. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't actually have a game name, but there are games based on this. Um, it's a mobile game. Okay. Some kind of snooker pool game. Um... I don't have the name of one, but I know there's plenty of apps out there that have oh, that, that kind of game. That reminds me, when I was... Um... That's what I go with. It's a nice, easy, chill one that I can just play on my phone when I'm out. one I used to play years ago. It's called Doodle Pool. Right. Um, it was basically <laughs> pool, but the anesthetic and the art was all... It, was, it looked like it was all doodled. So... Right, okay, yeah. 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 That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd have to go with, because I, I don't play sports games. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Right, with me, um, is it time to be easier? I used to play FIFA. Would I Would I, Would I? I say FIFA? No. Uh, absolutely not, because I'm, I'm, I'm off it, really. In fact, it's not even called FIFA anymore. In fact, the announcement for, for it was the other day, the gameplay stuff and everything. But anyway, um... I'm actually well. It's it's tough um, because there are some tennis games out there, um, and I thought oh, yeah. maybe maybe a tennis game. Or well, there's tennis manager as well. I've played that as well, so managing a couple of players. Um, so that was a consideration because I used to actually play tennis uh, a few years ago okay. when I was at high school. Uh, but I'm going with another sport that I used to play when I was at high school, uh, which is golf. I would say PGA Tour series. Okay. Um, also because um, we Sports Golf oh, legendary <laughs> legendary yeah uh, fair I enough would, I can't fault that I would go PGA Tour though to be fair um, so there's that because uh, do you know what even the new ones that's coming out at the moment they look pretty fun I haven't picked any of them up but they look fun to play it's one of those where I watch somebody you know, I think I explained this thing in a previous podcast episode saying if I watch something and I want to play it, well, yeah, I don't want to watch you. Uh, I want to play it. That's yeah. what I get with the PGA Tour ones. But, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's my sports game, the little curveball that we have. Final genre. Strategy. I have a feeling I know what you're you're about to say because you kind of spoiled it earlier, didn't you? Strategy. Oh, uh, strategy. Right. So RPG games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> strategy games. Right. Well, I started going into this. I've got two to choose from. Um. So obviously, I started explaining the first one. Empire at War. The modding community just gives it that replayability. There's lots of different eras you can go into, and yeah. Yeah. I mean. You've obviously got different factions you can play. Yeah, that's that's one of my big strategy games. The other one that I'm thinking, though, is uh, the original Dawn of War games. So, uh, I mean, back then it was more as an expansion, but they did it as a separate game for each of the expansions. Um, so you have Dawn of War, Winter Assault, uh, Dark Crusade, and Soulstorm. They're all the same mm, era. Yeah. I guess. Um, but I absolutely love them. They're Warhammer 40,000 games. Um, there's lots of really good mods out there for Soulstorm now. Yeah. Um, 
And again, I think that gives it a lot of replayability. Some of them work in the campaign, so it gives you new units and rebalances the game, so it gives you a whole different experience. Yeah. Um, but then there's also a lot that it adds into uh, what they call skirmish mode, so basically like your, your random battles or whatever. Um, mm. Yeah, I think... See, that's the thing. I don't know which one I would choose, though. Because <laughs> both of them, it's based on the modding scene. Um, I think I'd probably go Empire at War if I have to choose. Yeah, I, th- I thought you you would, but also considering what we kind of discussed in last episode, which was there is potentially another strategy yeah. um, Star Wars game coming out. So Got me excited. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. As for me... A um, bit more difficult because I don't really play strategy games all all that often. Yeah. Um, so my first thought was Civ Six or Civ Five because okay. I've played both of those. But then I realised there's a game that I really, really love. A game franchise that I really, really love that is technically a strategy game. City Skylines is a strategy game technically. I was going to ask you about that. Would you Would you count that? Also, would you count Transport Fever? Um, I would say so. It's you know, to some extent, it's kind of, kind of strategy, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, go on. City sidelines. I I kind of wondered if you might include that. Yeah, yeah. I I would count it as a strategy game, although its main genre is city builder. I would still classify it as strategy. So yeah. city skylines definitely. You you everyone knows it's got the replayability because you could start as many different cities as you want. They can go for as long as you want. You can build them the way that you want. And the City Skylines 2 coming out, which is just improving. And even see, even if we start with City Skylines 1, it has a huge modding scene, you know, which enhances mm. everything. But again, I, I know the devs love the modding scene, so chances are they're going to be supporting it for City Skylines 2 as well. So, yeah. 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 So mm. that, is the, uh, that is the six genres um, that I chose for for us to delve into and we'd love to hear what your one would be so you know let us know let us know what one you would choose John, tell me you disagree with genres. tell you dis- tell me you disagree with my choices <laughs> tell me what better games you think you have because i'll argue with you all day about it I, i've chosen what i've chosen i'm going to stick with it Okay, we're going to be moving on to a gaming topic. A relatively consistent topic I keep bragging about on the podcast. Because we are yet again going to be talking about Payday 3. I know I talked about a lot last last month, but we're going to talk about more because we know more. There's been a couple of dev diaries since um, the Xbox Showcase... Um, there have been content creators gone on to um, play the game early um, and oh. tell us all about it. So let's get through this all. Now, I haven't included everything here. I've um, probably collated a, a, a selection of aspects that I thought kind of stood out. I yeah. have made a video on my own uh, YouTube channel going through everything we know so far in Payday 3, however. So let's talk about weapons first. So, this is a new thing. Each gun has a progression path. 
So the more you basically use a gun, you'll unlock more options and that has weapon XP. Um, so it's a bit like card, a bit like Battlefield 5, where the more you use the gun, right. you'll get these unlocks, you'll level up the gun, and you'll get these attachments. So I think that just adds more progression. I mean, Payday 2 has the replayability and progression anyway, but at the moment, it's just as long as you have the money, you just buy the gun, you put on the attachments yeah. if you have the money. Sometimes if you want to unlock it, you've got this, this secondary currency, which is called Continental Coins, which you gain by just completing heists. So there's that. Gives you a so, reason to keep going back and, and grinding through, um, through yeah. the guns. Um, and there are also preset weapons. So these are pre-configured with a set of mods with a unique look. Um, so they're a bit better than the base ones. But the great thing about this is when you play with the preset weapons, you're still progressing the base weapon um, level. So you might not have unlocked okay. a lot, but you might go with the D, the preset version that has mods that is more usable. So you can just go through uh... that. Um, so I think that's quite good in terms of um, weaponry for, for Payday 3. Um, it's definitely put it a step above what it is currently now. Um, yeah. I think as much as people complain about grinding, we kind of like a little bit of a grind because that sense of achievement as you unlock things. So hopefully it will sort of do more to bring people back to back to the game more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, loads of people still play the game, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, loads of people still do. You know, I've gone back to it. It's a bunch of fun um, <laughs> and sometimes frustrating, but it's just the case of we just laugh at it, really. Oh yeah, mm. we've failed, we'll failed at stealth. Oh, we'll just restart. Oh, we've fa we failed stealth for the tenth time. Maybe we might just try going loud. What? What? Once we screw up, right? But yeah, it's it is good. It's good. Um, it's a bunch of fun, and I think it's going to be a bunch of fun when Payday Three comes out. Um, now, in terms of skills, I've kind of briefly mentioned how skills work in Payday Two. Um, perk decks are gone. So the perk decks that we had that gives you that give you extra things and abilities, um, things like um, dodge and stuff, which is the ch mm. the percentage chance of you um, missing bullets, basically dodging bu bullets. So a bit like okay. uh, Neo from the Matrix, basically, right? Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. There are there are a whole range of perk decks. They are basically gone. Um, in terms of skills, there's going to be over 100 skills in the game, and there's going to be a maximum of 21 for any build. That's what we know so far. They might they might change that, we don't know. If you're max level at the moment Payday 2, you get a maximum of 120 skill points to spend. So that's interesting that they've completely reduced it down. Um, mm. And you can only spend the skill once it's been researched. That's something new for Payday. We haven't had to research them. As long as we have the points, okay. we can spend them. So we need to research them. This also reminds me of Starfield a bit, because that had the researching, the skill points. Yeah. Because I think we said when we mentioned Starfield the first time, I feel that this is like Payday, but you have the researching, but now we know that they're also doing that as well. So that's kind of good. Skills are also split into trees again, which is standard uh, for anything, really. And I think what the really interesting thing about this new kind of skill system revamp is once you have the base skill you can grab any skill in the tree which is different because at the moment you need to set you need to spend a set number of points in tier one to unlock it at a, t a higher tier there's four or five sets within those sets 
there are four skill trees. There are right. four tiers. So you need to spend a set number of points to get to tier two or three or four, which means you have to go from the bottom all the way top to the top. And some of these skills you might not actually need. So I think this is good where you can now grab any skill you want and you can really customize your build of whatever playstyle that may be. You might be more okay. focused for loud heists or more stealthy. You know, could be either. So I think that's a huge improvement. Now let's move on to objectives and gadgets. Um, the one thing that devs have said is they want to have less waiting objectives and for it to be more interactive. In Payday 2, drilling is a standard and is very, very common. And usually you're waiting around for the drill to finish whatever it's drilling, whether it's a vault, whether it's a door that you can't get through. You right. know, there's a lot of waiting around. Um, is it one of those push and hold a button or you set so it up and then just watch you, it? You set it up and then you have to wait for the drill because it's got a countdown. And sometimes the drill will break, so you've got to go to it and repair it. Um, okay. And sometimes if you're if you're going loud, the cops will actually if they get to the drill, they will stop it. So then you have to then restart the drill. And then it'll continue right. the countdown. Obviously, okay. there, there are skills to reduce the timers and all that kind of stuff uh, that you can yeah. get. But even still, that it's a lot of waiting around and doing that. So one of the classic heists that they added to Payday 2, which was in the Payday the Heist, which was the um, classic bank heist, which... Um, used thermite to burn through the floor to get to the vault basically and so they're kind of adding that kind of aspect i think that there's going to be more flexibility in terms of how you approach a heist you know you right. can't you can use a drill but there might be other means to for entry options um which i think is better than this kind of waiting around and it's everything's more interactive they have more interactive objectives so yeah yeah and we also have some new tools like a mobile scanner uv light and now that's more specific for art gallery heists uh, that they showed uh the art gallery heist that we have at the moment is just simply there are paintings that are marked with a red sticker those are the ones that we are to sell so you just sneak in you grab them and then we get out but this time we have to verify if they're not fake they're legit um, okay. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So there's now this, as I said, the mobile scanner, the UV light for things that are artifacts. And talking of, you know, art gallery, we've got um, some other things that are a bit more uh, Mission Impossible like, um, okay. which is uh, which is cool because in the art gallery we've got all these lasers now, and there's, oh wow, um, the floor is is touch sensitive and all this kind of stuff. So you've got to really be careful and you've got to shut off all the the switches to deactivate these and so you've kind of got to be a bit more hard um what's the word i'm looking for parkour i would say right <laughs> yeah okay so yeah but definitely a bit more uh a bit more mission impossible wise so that's gonna be kind of looking forward to for the that's really enhanced the art gallery heist talking of sneaking around stealth um stealth to allow flexibility um there's a bit of choice in it you can go partly stealth and then go loud or you could just go full loud or full stealth however you want but what i like is um 
even if stealth goes wrong, which happens a lot in Payday, because there are so many things that you just can't count on. There's a lot. Of, there's a bit of RNG right. in there with it. So some things you just cannot control. For example, the yeah. bel the Belovement Bank, the big bank heist in Payday Two. There's hmm. the you've got to go into the server room to then get a passcode key for a computer. You've got to hack one computer at a time. It can either okay. be upstairs or downstairs, and this is all RNG based. It's not figuring out what computer it is. It is based on a little noise that it comes out the computer. But again, especially if you're soloing it, you won't. You'll have to go through each one to get there. It's a bit too RNG for people's liking. So not not gonna lie, if that was me trying to work that out, I'd probably run around the place three times before I worked out which computer it was I was supposed to go to. Oh yeah. Yeah, because when you when you go access the server room, the server room computer, um, what it will do is it will actually beep at the computer, and sometimes the server room's on the other side of the bank, so you can hear it faintly, but you don't know if it's the offices upstairs or downstairs. So, yeah. soloing it, soloing that is probably one of the hardest heists in Payday to pull off, basically. Um, so I'm hoping there is going to be a bit less, but also when stealth goes goes wrong and you go loud. We always have this automatic thing of restarting because if you spec into a stealth build, you're basically mm. useless when you're loud right. because you'll end up getting downed a lot. And when you run out of downs, you go into custody um, and you can do nothing about it unless your teammates swap you for hostage, for example. So, oh, okay. Um, you know, so your your health pull and your you know, being loud when you're in a stealth build is very dangerous. You tend not to do it. Um, right. So I like the fact that they've changed that if it does go wrong, you know, your stealth skills have some benefits in loud and stealth. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Casey mode has also been overhauled. Um, you're able to sprint now. Uh, and interact because this is before you put your mask on um, when you put your mask on you can do all these things in casing mode you can there's a skill to pick up items that you've got to spec okay. into uh, but it's been overhauled basically you can sprint you can interact with most objects including bank window shutters and all that kind of stuff so that's quite cool that's a lot better because you know think about it realistically you know, if you're walking somewhere, of course you can pick stuff up. Of course you can vault over stuff. Of course you can sprint. But there has to be some, obviously, game balance in this. So I think yeah. in day three, it's going to be a lot better being able to now sprint and interact with more objects. Because in order to interact with most objects now, you've got to mask up and then do it. And then you're kind of exposed to the fact that you're a criminal uh, sneaking around. Talking of sneaking yeah, fair around, enough. you can uh, pickpocket guards to key cards. Which um, the only way to get a, key, a guard's key card, if there was a chance to drop one, it wasn't guaranteed, is um, to either, well, for guards, you would just take them out. You'd have to shoot them, and then you'd have to answer a pager. Um, okay. Um, or for civs, some of the bank manager's key cards, you'd have to capture them. But now you could just pickpocket them without doing any damage to them. So that's definitely better. You can also cause lures from your mobile phone. There's definitely this objective of using more technology. The mobile phone yeah. isn't used in the in payday really. Um, there's an ECM jammer which jams electronic singles, but that's about as electronic as we get. 
so there's more use of your mobile phone being able to lure guards off path to either subdue them or to distract them for a flank i think that's quite good um enhances that stealth there's also now silent takedowns and painter answering simulate uh, uh simultaneously so just to explain okay. to take down a guard you have to kill them you have to shoot them at the moment and then you have to go through their pager and there are a number of pages where somebody answers the pager so the operator mm -hmm. will answer it you only have a limited number of pages though so if you run out of pages the operator will sound the alarm um so basically on some heights just don't take out as many as little as you possibly can right um so the fact that we can simultaneously answer these pages as well is great and now uh, you know filling to answer pager won't break stealth now as it used to it used to break stealth it will okay. make the, it will make the operator more wary now but it will utilize two pages instead of one now i think that's better because sometimes as i said there are things that you just can't control you go around a yeah. corner and there's a guard staring at you right there you open a door the guards right there and you have to take them out because they've spotted you because there's a detection level um right. that you've kind of got a tiptoe between so yeah um and also finally cameras can be looped controlled and held in place now the controlled and held in place is a little bit different um the looping was a skill that you were to spec into in payday 2 you could control cameras to a certain extent you had to be in the camera operating room um, so you had to take out the camera operator and then you could use it. Um, the held in place um, thing isn't really... So basically you can wirelessly control these even with the camera operator in still in play. So oh, you okay. can sneak past basically, which is quite cool. So yeah, that's basically some of the points for Payday 3 coming. Uh, and as always, I will let you know on more things or payday three um in the future but now before my voice runs out um <laughs> why don't you take a break tom <laughs> why don't you take a break and uh relax your voice so you're yeah. ready for your next excitement yes. or moment of excitement um as we talk about something that i want to very quickly touch on um now i don't know much about this yet but this is something that i found out about and i thought it was worth talking about very briefly there is a new studio, a new a studio under EA, I should say, uh, mm. titled Cliffhanger Games. Now they're a new studio, so I don't really know much about them at this stage. Um, and I don't know names, so there's there's names attached to them. Uh, one is Kevin Stevens from Monolith Productions. Doesn't mean much to me, but maybe to some of you. Um, but what stands out to me is Cliffhanger Games is working on eight. Triple A development title. It's going to be a Black Panther game in collaboration with Marvel Games. That is um, exciting. And from what's been shared so far, it looks like it might be open world. Um, I'm not sure yet, but it's just some of the language they're using. It looks like it might be. I'm excited. Black Panther is an interesting character. Definitely a lot of fun from, from what I've seen in comics and, and the films. More so the films, I guess. But yeah, it's something that has me a little bit excited. Uh, I feel like we haven't had many good Marvel games. Um, mm. the, Marvel's got a lot of love through the cinematic universe. Uh, and obviously they've built that up over however many years it's been now. God, I'm not even yeah. sure how long. Yeah. But they've, they've been going for a while and they've got a lot of support and 
it's become very much a popular thing, a more mainstream thing, which obviously it didn't have under the comics. But the game side, we didn't really get much. And the games that we have had, um, for example, Marvel's Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy games, they're kind of mixed reviews from what I've seen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we get a good Black Panther game. I hope that we do. Uh, mm. I'd like to see more Marvel games because, again, like like I say, it's it feels like a market that's kind of under underutilized, mm. underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'd be nice to see more more from sort of the Marvel verse uh, in gaming. Um, don't know if you know about this. There is a Wolverine game it's coming as well, story based as well. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Can't remember what that's for. Was that for PlayStation? Was that PlayStation exclusive? If I seem to remember correctly, was it Xbox? I can't remember. I think it's exclusive oh, for one okay. of the two. So, yeah, that's coming at it some would, point. I would assume it will be a PlayStation exclusive. Um, I think it was. Like Spider Man. Because Spider Man was PlayStation exclusive, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yes. recently come to PC. Collaboration with uh, PlayStation and Marvel games, yes. Because it's being yeah. made by Insomniac. You know, I imagine that's because Sony still owns the rights to yeah. the character. Yeah. Because obviously they had the, the movie rights, I assume the game rights came with that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but okay, yeah, that'd be, that be again, that would be interesting to see. Spider-Man was really good. Actually, I forgot about that. That's reminded me. Um, yeah. The Spider-Man games on PlayStation were fantastic. So, yeah, hopefully Wolverine new, is really there's a, good. There's a new Spider-Man game coming as well. I don't know when that's coming out, actually. Yes, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, I recently yeah. finished it early in the year because I, I grabbed it. Um, Sp um, the remastered, I think it is now. <laughs> so yeah, I, got the, see, I, got, I, I got the PC version, yeah. I've got it on PS5. I got it at PS5? PS4, rather. There's <laughs> um, a number. Uh, yeah, I still haven't got around to finishing it. To be fair, I haven't played my PlayStation for a while. I picked it up secondhand a while back, but yeah, haven't got around to finishing I'm that. Be nice to... At the moment, it's a glorified paperweight on my desk. Yeah, I, I know how you feel. Uh, yeah. yeah, mine's pretty much the same. Um, but yeah, like I say, it'll be interesting to see how all of these Marvel games come out. Um, I have more hope for the Wolverine one because of how Spider-Man went down. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Two again. They've 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 done Spider-Man and Spider Spider-Man Miles Morales. So I I'm kind of confident that will go well. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Black Panther comes out. It's a new studio. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it does well for them because then that will establish them as a a more trustworthy name, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And definitely, if we hear more. We'll definitely try and bring it up in future podcasts as well. And um, with the announcement, I replied to their announcement tweet on Twitter. Oh yeah. And I said, if uh, if it does, if the story doesn't end in a cliffhanger, I'm going to be very disappointed. Right. You want a cliffhanger? I want a cliffhanger because they're called cliffhanger games. God's sake. Part of the brand. Okay. That's that's just poor, Mike. That's that's a poor joke. You should be ashamed. <laughs> you should go and take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror because that was that was terrible. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm 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 so ashamed. Anyway, moving on to not so much of a disappointing 
Um, City Skylines 2. Again, a game I've covered a little bit here on the podcast. Since the showcase, since the lovely gameplay trailer, we've had a couple of feature highlights. So they're basically doing these, I think, roughly once a week at the moment. So okay. um, they're specifically telling us some new information about a specific feature. And the ones that we that I missed, because um, I only covered, I think, I covered the Xbox Showcase and one or two feature highlights um, last time. Uh, the first one was highlighting on Traffic AI feature, um, which um, is completely different. It used to be just traveling A to B um, in the shortest possible uh, way, yeah. no matter what. Uh, but now they've completely made the AI really smart. So they call it what's called pathfinding. Um, okay. As I said, the old system was the shortest route on only distance. Now, this new system on pathfinding is to do with costs, which is how they decide where to go and how to get there. The path with the lowest cost is the one that they choose. And each okay. person decides this differently based on who they are and what they do. So first of all, availability. So the convenience and cost of parking will also influence these decisions. So parking lots are uh, a bigger thing. They weren't really a thing in City Skylines 1. And now they're going to be more of a thing in this decision making. So there's four things. The first one is going to be time, which is the quickest route. The second one is going to be comfort. So a smooth drive continuously moving basically less intersections all that kind of stuff as much as they possibly can third one right. money so even uh, fuel costs parking and public transport costs all that kind of thing contributes to their going from a to b and the last one is behavior how likely people are going to go engage in risky maneuvers on the road so things like u-turns speeding and all that kind of stuff all those contribute to them going from a to b so we will be seeing some naughty naughty people doing illegal U-turns and lane hopping and all this kind of stuff um, because they want to be there as fast as possible. A bit like real life. So people will do that. So why not in a game? And what's really, really clever is they will reroute if something happens on their journey, like a road collision. Because yes, road collisions okay. are now going to be a thing. In fact, in the little showcase that they did in the, little, in the three, four minute video that they showed, it shows a car doing a three point turn because of fire engine blocking the road because of an emergency. So yeah, I remember that. I think that's just really good. And I must admit, that AI has done a better three-point turn than I think I've seen anybody ever pull off. <laughs> I, it was a good three-point turn. Uh, people are impressed by it. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. And talking of collisions, these drivers obviously can crash while they're driving. And this is to do with real-world um, contributions. Wet roads, extreme weather, the time of day. They can increase that risk, basically. Uh, okay. But also, more importantly, poor road conditions can affect driver behavior. So you have to send out vehicle maintenance to fix them. And this is new. We haven't had to have vehicle maintenance before. Because as soon as you place down a road, it's in perfect condition forever. For the entire city yeah. duration. But now, obviously, they degrade. I'm assuming the more that it's driven, the more it's going to get degraded. I'm assuming. I mean, an assumption there. Yeah. 
So there's that. And we also have a real-time traffic overlay user interface, um, which is cool because we used to, we, we, we have one right now, but it wasn't as real-time. You'd have to um, speed up time for it to kind of update. But now that this happens in real time, right. this means if you change a, I would say, a junction or interception, you can actually see its effect, see how traffic flows through your city. And I think that's really, really cool. So two things off the back of that. Yeah. The first one, I think I think I might have mentioned it last month, actually, but it's really interesting to me that they've managed to update the AI like that to react to crashes, uh, the fact that they have crashes in the first place. For a city builder game, this is, as far as I'm aware, unheard of. Yeah, definitely. This is totally new. And to me, that's it's mind-boggling that they've managed to make the AI react, or act, rather, in such a human way. You know, that they yeah. will have crashes, that they will then react to it, that, you know, doing a three-point turn, even. Yeah. It, it's so alien to me. It's I mean, I'm not that versed on city builders, but like I say, it seems like such a new thing for what I'm aware of anyway. It's yeah. just mind-blowing. That's, so, um, that's so cool. The second thing, though, that came to mind when you were explaining that, especially with how they route and the pathing, yeah. Is I wonder how much for players that's gonna mess you guys up on your road planning. Mm. Because at least to some extent, subconsciously you're probably set in a way of this is how I have to build my roads to deal with traffic management. Yeah. And it's gonna be really interesting to me to see you build a city like that and then go, none of this works. They hate <laughs> it. Yeah. They're all backing up over here now. Why are they doing that? They never would have done that before. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because actually they're looking at it and going, well, that doesn't work because yeah. I need this and that's the cost. And yeah. It's going to be really interesting seeing people try and get their heads around that because it's going to be a totally different ball game. Plus, I guess sort of tying into that, if money is part of how they determine their route, like you said about the fuel involved, the parking, the transport costs. Yeah. Changing your roads, how is that going to change how they look at, you know, how they look at their route? Whereas yeah. before it was, oh, I need to make this road bigger so I can get more traffic through it. Yeah. Is that actually going to incur more of a cost for them in the end as well? Or alternatively, it was just put another route to that um, kind of area. Yeah. Um, kind yeah, of it's road. actually yeah. a different road going to actually be more cost effective for them. It, yeah, how they're going to determine that, that's really interesting to me. Um, I'd love to see mm -hmm. how that works. I'm sure you'll probably end up streaming it at some yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Um, I will definitely be trying to tune into that because it's, yeah, it, just yeah. little intricacies like that really interest me. See, for you all, say, you saying about the planning, it just makes me think how uh, fuel stations and parking is actually going to work because yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be automatically added as you build roads oh or yeah are we having are we the city builder gonna have to manually place these in strategic places plan that around your city planet i would really love oh. it if they didn't cut corners here and we had to place fuel stations and parking separately i really hope we we, we get to do that so that's just giving me another thought you don't oh, put yeah. down any fuel stations you just end up with some kind of wasteland of abandoned cars everywhere 
I can so, imagine some like a apocalyptic city. I can imagine some people just spamming fuel stations entire on, on an entire road. Just yeah, this <laughs> this is fuel station road and this is parking lot road. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, it's gonna be so interesting to see what people play around with that. That's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, the second bit is the public and cargo transportation feature highlight. Now, this probably interests you a bit more because you like a bit of transport fever. I do. Um, so, we start, you start with no public tracks, public transport, or runways. This is slightly different because some of the maps you would start with a base. There will be an existing railway road sometimes on some maps, not every single map. Right. Majority of the maps that I went on wouldn't have a railway uh, pass a line passing through but some did it says public tracks transport and runways i assume now we didn't have existing runways as far as i knew or public transport but tracks i think were a thing that sometimes would go into your area right. i think we're, i think we're still going to have that entry runway to start with not runway highway to start with i'm assuming because it hasn't mentioned that yeah which would I've... make sense i feel like you have to you yeah. have to have some kind of external link to Otherwise, start. it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Um, the boss and taxi is the first thing to unlock. Obviously, that's standard. It's obviously going to be the cheapest. I feel yeah. that taxis, if they put a bit more focus on taxis, I think that's going to be good. I feel that taxis have been overshadowed in City Skylines. I feel that hardly anybody uses them because I don't think they're that effective. But okay. I think if... Obviously, they're going to be effective early game before we get into things like trams and um, trains right. and all that kind of yeah. more commercial and bigger transport. But I think people more focus, particularly in City Skylines 1, more on buses rather than taxis. Because all you do is just you plop a taxi depot and then some taxi stops, then boom, you're done. That's it. Oh, okay. So I'm hoping there's some more emphasis on that so more people will be able to use them. Because I, th I do think they are and will and are in the real so, world useful again i'm not that versed on city skylines mm. how do taxis work do you because you said about taxi stops yeah do they just pick up from those as like a taxi rank or will they pick up people around the city as far i have i've only used taxis a little bit but i have used them so these taxi stops they'll go to these taxi stops to collect people and drop them off oh, I okay think, i think that's so it just it basically works. works like a private bus yeah almost yeah See, that would be, again, it would be nice with how they've made the AI seem more human in how it acts. It would be yeah. nice if they would do ad hoc jobs. Yeah. Like, fair enough if they're treating these taxi stops as a taxi rank, so they're moving to that and stopping there to pick up a job. But yeah. if they find someone in between, then they'll go off and do that. That would be nice to see more of. As for yeah. bosses, you have a depot, you then do a line. And on that line, yeah. there will it will automatically place stops. So, you okay, know, you'll you'll do your own custom line around. And in terms of placing stuff, you can place elevated tracks uh, for subways if above ground. I haven't really dealt much with subways in City Skylines One, so I'm assuming this is like a, a returning kind of thing that you you can do. If not, it's yeah. a new thing. Um, trans can be placed on existing roads or dedicated tracks. Um, the existing roads thing is interesting because I don't think you can do that now. I think you'd have to rip out a road and replace it with a tram track. Um, okay. But also what it's, I think what it's suggesting is if you have an existing road, you don't just upgrade the road, I don't think. You can just place tram lines and it will just 
move. I think that's how I've interpreted that. I might be wrong, but we'll wait and see. Trains can bring in others from outside your city. I think this was already kind of a thing. I feel it has a bigger influence. They've kind of emphasized it a bit more because, um, you know, that brings in tourists and other people that could then influence other people to come to your city. So right, yeah. Now let's talk about cargo. Uh, you can build cargo hub where businesses can receive, ship, and store incoming and outgoing goods. The this this storing goods. I don't think was it much of a thing. I don't. I'm not really sure how it actually worked. The goods sort of thing. Um, I know with the with the industry, there was an industry DLC which kind of revamped a lot of things in the industry element, where you could. Um, place dedicated warehouses and all this kind of stuff so it's interesting to see the fact that they can store all this for later um yeah because obviously one of the issues that you could have with your city is oh there's not enough goods or there's not enough workers not enough people not enough educated workers and all this kind of stuff so mm. is that uh water cargo they can it's been confirmed that they can carry up to a thousand tons to and from your city but Obviously, they are going to be slower, but they'll bring in probably more cash, won't they? Um, right. But there's to and from your city. I'm not sure if that's new. Again, the the water elements I've not really dealt with because majority of my cities have have a like a very quite small water river going through, but not something big enough to have cargo in uh, or, or big right. ships in um, from from all the the uh, the maps I've had a go on anyway, so it's going to be interesting to see. What's also interesting, you can trade with other cities. This is new, very very okay. new. Um, so this reminds me of the system of the very limited time I've spent in Stellaris, where you can sell um, different commodities to different other places. Um, so right. I'm assuming you can. Um, sell things like i don't know oil to another city or you can buy oil or you can buy in goods what? and all this kind of stuff now some things that you plop down in city skylines um was um they would auto it would it would mention in a description saying oh yeah we would automatically if there's no if this isn't available um we will basically import it for another city so I think some things were like that. So it's right. I think they might enhance it where we get to choose what we trade in and trade out, maybe. Well, it might come into your cargo hub. You can set there what you want to buy in. Yeah. And then obviously you can distribute that out to your various industries that yeah. need it. But Yeah. Hmm. Talking of cargo hubs, cargo harbours double, just like in real life, as cargo storage. So that's that makes cool. sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, obviously, it's a bigger area and all that, store all that cargo. Um, we've got a bit of a new UI element, the transport uh, transportation overview um, can be viewed uh, through basically category and public transport separately, as well as transport types. So it really thins down, does that kind of uh, UI menu or um, it gives you a good breakdown of what's happening with each type of, of, of transportation and the okay. new thing is tickets priced per line uh, that's interesting I think unless I'm remembering this wrong 
um it used to be just be overall kind of price that you could put up and down i don't remember doing it per line it might be possible with a mod but i don't think stock base vanilla city skylines was able to do that yeah i have a feeling so must admit that's something that even transport fever doesn't offer Oh, really? But then I think Transport Fever is more focused on building the actual infrastructure. Hmm, yeah. And kind of the empire in that sense, whereas this is more the city management, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. It's funny, all these uh, probably smaller aspects, I, I think, oh, I've not really delved in, into that with Six Guidelines, or I've not really thought about it, or not really noticed, so mm. it's quite interesting, actually, I did define the things that I, I notice or not notice. Right. Zones and signature buildings um, was the uh, the next one, and the final one uh, so far. Mm -hmm. So, we get to see the city create a map selection screen for the first time. And okay. I can tell you what we see. We see we see the city name with a name randomizer. Name randomizer is quite right. good for somebody like me who struggles to come up with creative names. Press um, button half a dozen times and now that do. Yeah. Um, so that's cool because I never, ever know. At the moment, it gives you a default name. In order to randomize it more, you'd have to deselect the map and reselect it for it to do it. But now there's a randomizer that's kind of useful for me there's a theme you can select euro uh so european or american um there's a tick box for left-hand traffic as as expected as we would need um yep. uh tick box for natural disasters unlock all unlimited money um this is all relatively standard of what we know natural disasters i'm not sure about i can't actually remember and there's also tutorial options as well begin or disable tutorials so UI just look really refreshed and we get to see all that. Um, it also, when you click on a map, it tells you the, the theme of the map, uh, the climate, the latitude, the build, buildable area and percentage, the outside connections it has, and all the natural resources that you can have in that map. Uh, talking of themes, you can mix Euro and USD buildings. So you basically, you can have, let's say you chose a European styled city overall. But you could select a zone that you could mix US buildings in. So if you wanted a US neighborhood, you could 100% do that if you want to mix and match. Or if you want to go for one or the other, you can absolutely do that. That's quite cool, though. Now, I think when we, when I went into a big deep dive into City Skylines in another podcast, I mentioned there were lots of different types of residential that we've never actually seen before because at the moment there's like three in fact no there's two there's low density and high density so let me go right. through all six of them so there's low de density housing there's high yeah. density housing there's mm -hmm. medium density row housing there's medium okay. density apartment buildings there's mixed housing which is residential on top of a commercial shop which is okay is, quite realistic to real life and then yeah. there's low rent housing so all those types of housing to deal with when planning your city That's it so... feels like it gives you more control yeah. over how you want a specific area to look because obviously before we had dedicated commercial areas or you'd splash some commercial areas within your residential areas 
But now you mm. can have a bit of a mix with that mixed housing type. A bit of a two-in-one, because obviously some people in real life will live above the shop that they own. Also, when you're, at least from my limited experience, mm. when you build in a city, you start with your small homes as you start building your initial city. But as it grows, they tend to turn into skyscrapers or, uh, you know, a block of flats or, or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Whereas now it feels like, as you said, you've got, what was it, low low rent housing. Yeah. Well, you're basically restricting it to those smaller, or it sounds like you're restricting it to those smaller buildings. Whereas yeah. then you can specifically put in your high density, which I imagine is going to be your high rise apartment buildings, things like that. Yeah. It feels like you have more control over how it's going to yeah. look. So, depending on the happiness and stuff of the area at the moment, you know, that would kind of upgrade and have a. Mm. It would increase the value of that area, which I think then they would, you know, the housings might progress a little bit. And I think that might be a thing in City Skylines 2, um, because in City Skylines 1, low-density housing was just your regular small houses, and they stayed small houses, basically. Um, right. unless, unless you had... Unless you... Um, they would only change if you changed the zoning to um, eco-buildings, which would have things like um, solar panels on top and stuff. That's the only real time that they would change. I think they might change now because high density were more... They would, from the get-go, would build apartment buildings. And if you mix, oh, okay. them, if you mix them together, both those zones together, it wouldn't look right because you've got these small, tiny houses, regular-sized houses with these apartment um, buildings next to them. So yeah. if they do progress like that, that would be good. Um, yeah. Commercial. So again, there's going to be dedicated commercial where they get to sell locally produced and imported goods. Uh, and they're used where citizens and tourists, they eat, they go to the cinema, they visit clubs, all that kind of stuff. Those oh, are okay. sort of the examples that they kind of gave. I felt that, I feel like commercial at the moment, I haven't really zoomed in too much to look what sort of um, things pop up, but I feel that clubs and cinemas and stuff like that don't tend to appear in commercial areas. I might be wrong. But I feel it's more shops that tend to appear than those sort of other things, um, like E3s yeah. or the cinema or, you know, these are the social aspects. So I think that's a good improvement. In terms of industrial, there are going to be factories, workshops and warehouses, uh, which will obviously store goods for distribution or to export. Obviously, dedicated warehouses that you plopped yourself, they were in the Industries DLC in Six Skylines 1. So it wasn't exactly right. a wall straight away or anything like that. So you've got more control. Um, office zones. So you've now got small, low-density and high-density towers. So you can have your small office zones that looked like... Well, um, how do I describe this? Basically, not skyscrapers and big, uh, big tall buildings. Normal right, sort yeah. of offices that you normally see in maybe a town or something. Yeah. Um, we didn't have this in City Skylines 1. There was just offices and they would just build these big... Um, um, well, that's what... The offices... The the big office buildings is what, what you see uh, on a silhouette of a, of, a, of a city. They are the big, really... They are the tallest buildings of the office buildings. So you right, put those yeah. in to get that classic silhouette. Yeah. Basically, and since it's Lions 1, 
that's all they did. They went straight up to there, so they are huge. And they are really tall. Um, so mm. now we have a mix, which is what it was missing. It was missing these kind of... I, 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 I thought, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, I thought, you know what? Yeah, we need some small low-density offices as well as the, the big ones, because not everyone is a big kind of city um, like that. Yeah. So I think that's good. Um, next, manly, we, we saw this. They didn't really touch on this. You can manually draw farmland now. So you can get it to curve. Oh, okay. Instead of being in like a dedicated squared zone, you can actually get it to curve and stuff. So that looked really cool. The More last natural. Thing, yeah, the last thing that they mentioned was signature buildings. Um, and these are unique buildings of each zone time that you can unlock as your city expands. They are free to build and plop anywhere. Um, they have okay. the uh, neighborhood in unique ways, and they can bring in city-wide benefits. And it suggests that you can place them carefully um, in each district okay. as they play hand-in-hand hand with each other. So I'm thinking there might be some synergy with these signature buildings that we're going to be getting. So that's that's quite cool. That's I wonder cool. what types of things that would be, though. Like, yeah. if, if they're going to work with each other in some yeah. way, what kind of buildings are you going to place? Because they're going to be different between different zones, but... Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I'm interested to see more on that, definitely. Yeah. And that is City Skylines 2. Now, I'm going to be talking about some films quite briefly at the moment. Right. Um, I've, over the last couple of weeks, I've been to the cinema. I mentioned the start of the podcast, I went to the cinema. A couple of weeks ago, I went to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Today, I went to see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'm not going to spoil it, don't you worry. I just wanted to mention that I've seen it, and do you know what? They're quite good. They're very good. Yeah? yeah. Would you go see them again? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to, but um, I'll wait for the DVD now. Now I've seen them, um, and I'll grab them when they're out. A glowing um, review from the Fanners Edge podcast. What I love about Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny is it keeps the core elements of what we love about an indie film. Um, right, okay. So we even have the inclusion. It's not really a spoiler. It's just an element that's, that's used in every single film. You know, the um, they use the map graphic of them traveling from place to place. The red oh, dot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes a little return. And I'm like, oh That's my god, cool. yeah. There are so many nods to the old indie films as well. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I get that, I get that. Yeah, you know, obviously you'll have to go and watch it yourself to kind of see about all the kind of nods and stuff. But it's, I think it's a really good, a really good send-off for Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. So a yeah. really, really good end. We actually get to know what happens to Mott as well, who is in, who is his son. Um, from oh, yeah. Crystal Skull. So, um, there's that reference in there as well. It's not a spoiler, because I've seen it as an article online, so I thought I'd just mention it here. Um, yeah. Um, and just kind of mention that. Mission Impossible. My God, does Tom Cruise know how to make a film? Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was very good today. Very good. Okay. Obviously, it's part one. We didn't get to see the ending, because now I have to wait for the second part um, to arrive, but a very good part one. It's got everything 
that Mission Impossible has. It has the slight kind of um, indications of a little bit of humour sprinkled in. It's got the action scenes, the explosions, and everything you would expect from Tom Cruise, the crazy, crazy stunts. Because obviously we see the, the crazy train scene um, in full. Oh, yeah. Which was filmed here in the UK in Yorkshire. Um, and it's... Uh, and obviously the... the the bike, the bike scene, which you've, we've seen from the, from the trailer of him launching himself off off a cliff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we get to see that in full as well. It's funny when you see a full film and you look at the trailer and think, "Oh, I get that now. I get that moment. I see what they've done." Yeah, that's what happens. Okay. <laughs> All I'm gonna say though, Tom, is you did get your cliffhanger. Yes, yes. Uh, we've got a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's my terrible joke of the day done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a cliffhanger cliffhanger, but yeah, there was a cliffhanger. Kind of. We just don't know what happens next. Oh, it's it's a good, a cliffhanger. It's good little good little Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't end on that specific clip piece, but yeah. Yeah. Close enough, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um and um you know, by the time people are watching this podcast, um mm-hmm. It's going to be a month till Ahsoka, isn't it? Oh, uh, I'm so... I'm buzzing. Because you wanted to buzzing. talk about Ahsoka, so let's talk about Ahsoka. In fact, I'll tell you some behind the scenes, about behind the scenes things. When we were prepping this podcast, right, we, um, <laughs> we were just going to briefly mention Ahsoka. But then Star Wars decided, oh, uh, here's a trailer. We got a new trailer the other day. Didn't we wasn't, it like the, wasn't it like the day after we yeah, done so our planning session? And then, and then I messaged you. I messaged you and be like, Joe, stop everything you're doing. You need to watch this now. <laughs> In our planning session, we was like, oh, you know, maybe we, maybe we should talk about Soaker. It's about a month until it comes out. And we're excited. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the next day, the trailer drops and we're both in each other's DMs like, oh, it's happening. Ah. <laughs> Oh, mate, I am so excited. We've got new footage in the trailer. Um, yeah. oh, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm going to do a rewatch of Rebels because Dave Filoni has come out and said that it is basically Rebels Season 5. <laughs> it, he can't call it that, but it basically is. He's just carried it on. Have like, you, Have you seen the Scooby-Doo meme where it's they're uncovering... Um, it's the ghost character from the classic Scooby-Doo that we're used to watching, and it's, right, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's it reveals just says um, it's, oh it's actually Rebel season five yeah. <laughs> I've not seen that, but yeah. it, it is. Dave himself has said it. Dave is he is the god of of Rebels and everything that comes out of that, and Clone Wars as well, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm so glad. I mean, the, the footage we've seen in the trailer, look, I'm lost for words. Listeners and watchers, I am lost for words. It is... It is blowing my mind. The the footage that we're getting looks amazing. Uh, we're finally getting live-action Thrawn, which excites me. Um, the fan theories that are coming out about Sabine... Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am buzzing. I've, I don't think I've been this excited for something for a long time. So, yeah, I cannot wait. It's a month, but it's a month too long. Yeah, I must admit, I'm a massive simp 
for Sabine, and I'm even more of a simp now after that trailer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's gonna. Yeah, it's, it's just gonna, gonna be, be so good. It's gonna be great. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, whether it was on the stream or the podcast, I'm not sure. But Dave and John, actually, for that matter, John Favreau as well, have done a fantastic job with the Mandoverse so far. And yeah, although this is technically Rebel Season Five, it's obviously it's a continuation of the Mandoverse. Yeah, everything that they have done has been golden. Everything they touch turns to gold. So I'm I'm confident in the fact that it's going to be fantastic. And there are all these rumours about, oh yes, uh, Mr. Morrison's returning as Rex. And we're like, oh, is he coming back? Is he Honestly, you, you can't... Watch as you can see my face. Tom can't see my face right now. <laughs> if you could... Uh, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. Ah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. The, the excitement has reached 11. Yeah. In the next month, it's going to go to 11,000. <laughs> that's that's where I'm going to be. I, I'm going to need to be in a darkened room when I watch the first two episodes because it's a dual episode I know. release. Two episodes. Oh, yes. I'm going to have to be in a darkened room so I can immediately lay down and just try and decompress yeah. from... All the emotions that I'm gonna feel. Oh, amazing! And we got, we got some new info today, saying that they've confirmed the name of the Inquisitor. It's gonna be called Marok. Ooh, Ooh. So, is that a name we've heard before? I don't think no, it is. No, I think this is just gonna be a new Inquisitor. Because mm, we know there's loads. We know there's loads of them. So. Oh yeah. Let's just bring in another one. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. This this will be good. Our last thing to talk about is uh, a piece of gaming. Now, on the 12th of July, um, it was announced by Nacon. Nacon? I think it's Nacon. The French publisher who've done things like the WRC uh, um, games and stuff like that with KT Racing. KT Racing, you may recognise that for some of you racing game fans. Uh, Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown. This has been a game that has been delayed again. But I take it in the positive. Of have you played a Test Drive Unlimited game, Joe? I don't think I have, but the name rings a bell. Yeah, it, it's more of a... It's a, It is a racing game, but it's also a driving game as well. Okay. Um, so it, it has more RPG elements. I've never played a Test Drive Unlimited game. I always want to, and I can't... I can't get a copy, unfortunately, because no nobody sells them. And yeah, I'm very sad that right. I can't I can't play it. Um, particularly at Test Drive Unlimited Two. Um, so in the old one, from what I hear people saying, you can have your own garage, your own apartment. Um, okay. And all this kind of stuff. So it, it is more of a driving game. Yes, it has races and all this kind of stuff, but it has that more driving and real life sort of experience. Yeah. So they did a 30-minute presentation on Wednesday, uh, the 12th of July, and basically this was the first time we got gameplay. We got gameplay for the first time, and I'm excited to a point. Uh, this is Alpha, and everybody is hating on it because they're comparing an Alpha game to Forza Horizon 5, which is like out and has beautiful graphics and all this kind of stuff, because there yeah. was some stuttering, the graphics weren't fully top-notch, which is the, probably the last thing 
honestly mechanically it looks sound the sounds as well are incredible now what you have is two clans you've got sharps versus the streets and you choose one they have a rivalry there's like a, this leaderboard that you go versus each other uh so there's gonna be like this kind of for more live format uh, point system between the two and they all have their own hq as well um and the first thing they showed were showed was this kind of um i think it was this hotel central social hub where everybody spawns in um and it can be more of a social aspect okay so, yeah we had some alpha gameplay there are areas that you can actually physically walk around in the hq the hotels um okay. all this kind of stuff um so it is a bit more than just a racing game it is more like a driving game and a bit more interactive um, yeah. we could see immediately we could group with other players in a sort of party element um so that was good another thing that, that kind of stood out was the wheel menu so you could control different aspects of the car so you could c control the headlights the windows the roof oh the radio okay. so you can change all that with like a, a wheel one of those like those communication wheel um, that you kind of get up UI elements. Yeah. Um, and Do you know it sounded more like a simulator than. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what. That's what kind of what they're going for. And what they've confirmed as well is, you know, in all these arcade racer games, you can take a Bugatti off road and it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Well, that's going to change because when you off road in a Bugatti now, um, hmm. it, I, I, they've not shown footage, but I assume it will really hinder the car this time because obviously. These guys have made a WRC game, so the Rally Series game. So oh. their off-roading off is going to be top-notch. Really, yeah. really good. So obviously, this is on Hong Kong Island, if, if for those people that don't know. So this is this big island. It's got this mixture of a bunch of um, city areas and uh, this off-roading kind of areas and all this kind of stuff. It's got this really long... They say it's the longest tunnel in any video game ever. And when the car goes into it, it sounds incredible. Oh. And the sounds, I must admit, the sounds they've really got. Now, bear in mind, this is a double A publisher with a double A studio. This isn't triple A. This isn't a triple okay. A publisher or developer. So they don't have as much money or resources as Playground Games does for Forza Horizon, for example, or the crew or whatever yeah um so there's that but i'm quite excited what it's gonna be going going to become i don't know why people are complaining because it's alpha footage and all that kind of stuff uh you're comparing yeah. it with a game that's out that's very successful i think you always get people like that though don't you yeah. when alpha or even beta footage and you know, the reason they're saying it's alpha or beta is because they're saying, look, there's going to be things that aren't right with it. There's things that we want to polish further. Yeah. You know, they, they're giving you that warning, but for some reason, people look at it like, oh, yeah, that's a completed game. That's how it's going to release. It, it doesn't work like that, guys. The, the, the thing is, when, yeah. when, they, when they did the showcase and, and showed it, we don't know what build that they're running on. Usually when yeah. they do a showcase, the the build is actually months old and it's nothing yeah. what it looks like currently now, right this second. So, yeah, you're right, because they've had to put it together yeah. for the release announcement or whatever it is before, you know, they've probably worked on it loads since then. They've polished yeah. loads of it, but so yeah, people can't get their head around that for some reason. What they actually did is they actually flew out some content creators like Black Panther and Alex 
Metallic 7, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, to actually play it live um, with some of the devs. Um, so That's cool. Um, they've been making videos about it, basically. Um, obviously, they've, they've known about it for a little bit. So mm-hmm. it was it was quite cool seeing their reaction as well um, and seeing them play the game. Um, and I think it, it is looking really, really nice. Now, I was... I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, Joe, but I was worried we were going to get a 2023 release date because, as you know, there are five games I'm looking forward to in 2023. Yes, there are. Um, and there <laughs> are... Two of those games are racing games, and I'm thinking, I don't want to add another one to my list. Now, yeah, let me go into the history of the release dates. So it was originally meant to be releasing last year on the 22nd of September, but it got delayed because they believed that the game wasn't ready. So they delayed it till late 2023, and now they have delayed it yet again for an early 2024 release date. And I think that's smart. I made a dedicated video about this on my YouTube channel, but the basically what I was saying on the, in that video was, I think it's smart because if you look at games that have failed, I think Battleborn was a game that's failed because of timing. If you put it with some AAA games, it's going to flop. It's going to fail because people are going to have to choose between your game and another game. And it just yeah, gets dra- it just gets drowned. And it it's also, already it's already an uphill struggle because to sell a game that is not AAA because you've you've got to prove yourself effectively. Yeah. Uh, but releasing, as you say, releasing with a load of other AAA games, you put yourself on the back foot even more. It's yeah. You know, yeah, I agree. It, it's, 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 like, it's, it's also like releasing Call of Duty uh, a week later than Battlefield. It just it just won't work. Um, because they're the same genre. But if we look at all the games that come out this year that are racing related, we've already got F1. We've yep. got F1 Manager 2023 coming out later this month, I believe. Or might okay. be next month, I can't remember. Um, we've got the Crew Motor Fest, we've got Forza Motorsport, we've got, we've mentioned it before, with there's the um, uh, Le Mans Ultimate game, that's coming late 2023. Yep. That's another one. And Codemasters are doing the latest WRC game because obviously KT Racing are focusing on Solar Crown at the moment because they were doing WRC games. But it's over to Codemasters right. um, to do their one. We haven't had an announcement or a release date yet and we believe it might be this year. So we might have another game this year that's racing related. It's big on racing this year. So... I think it's it smart feels, moving to it, 2024. It Definitely. feels like with those games as well, you've kind of covered most of the most Solar sports Crown, as well. It, yeah, so. Solar Crown is an open-worlder, um, and it would probably directly compete more with the Crew Motor Fest than any of the others. Um, so I think that's good, yeah. because by the time that we've had these these games coming out this year for a few months, we we will have a bit of a gap, and we've played them, we know what it's all about. We can then... Go and play Solar Crown in 2024. And in the, the video that I made, I said that I am predicting that it's going to be March 2024. That's what I've said. March 2024. Oh, yeah. That's my prediction. That's when it's going to release. Whether I'm right or not, we'll have to wait and see. But that is Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown, which I am very, very excited for um, when it comes out because I, I want to play a Test Drive Unlimited game. 
unless there's some other way I can kind of grab it without being too sketchy. Because uh, <laughs> old games, yeah, that, uh, um, it's the same with Drivers from San Francisco that you don't get that anymore from Ubisoft. And I want to play that. I've not played that before either. Yeah, no, I must admit though that does sound quite interesting. I'm I'm interested to see more about that. I'm sure you'll keep me updated on that one. Yeah, yeah. I I know. Obviously, some people said the showcase was a bit unprofessional because um all the the content creators and the devs were having a laugh and a bit of fun and but yeah but i think that's good though see They're it was human. a different format but let's be because they were also crashing into each other and didn't really half of them didn't really know how to, to drive because obviously it's a new game and new physics yeah. stuff that they're getting used to but let's be honest if if you know multiplayer online games you know that that's what all the general public that's, the anyway. Anyway. that's the norm so why are we <laughs> criticizing it it's why we why are we having to expect a profe- a fully professional um, showcase all the time. But yeah, let's let's be honest. We're all going to be doing that on day one anyway. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. it. It's it's more human. It's yeah. more natural. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah, definitely. So for those people that have thirty minutes of spare time at some point. Go and watch that showcase. It will show you some of the um, the footage. Alex Seven. He did an exclusive interview that he released today. He has some extra footage as well. So if you have the time, just go and check those videos out just to see and have your own sort of opinion on those. So I would mm. recommend you you know just checking them out because some of the things are quite good. One of the extra things I was going to talk about is there's a parking um, sign up the side of the road that's a UI element. It's, it's kind of... Um, oh. It pops out to you. And what they've said is that's it's a dedicated car meet area, so you can do car. Oh, that's there. cool. I've not really oh, like seen that. that. Yeah. Oh, and also one more thing that that's just reminded me: up to oh. eight players can do this when you're customizing a car. Seven other people can be in there customizing, and you can watch somebody customize their car. Oh, that's cool. That's never been done ever before in a racing game. It's, it's adding to the community aspect. I like you, that. Yeah, because it, it it is more social because. Before you have to go into a garage like Forza, you disappear from view, you do your own customization, you come out, boom, there's your customization. But now you get to watch yeah. people actually customize their cars, which is very, very cool. So that's cool. Yeah, I love the idea of being able to jump in together, chat about all the changes you're making. And I mean, certainly with my friends, you'd be taking the mickey out of each other and go, oh, what are you putting that on for? Uh, forget yeah. about that. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I think the so that's limited to I believe they said eight players, um, but in the, inter, in the entire world I think it's sixteen players per kind of session, which I don't think is too much of a stretch. If they could stretch it to no. twenty, that would be quite good. But for a double A game, I don't think particularly considering what they're trying to process uh, the world around them. I think that's actually fair enough. It's a decent enough yeah. amount of players to be going around a map that the size that is and detail that it is and the graphics look. Mm. Although it's 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 alpha, you can tell that when it's going to be finished, it's going to look absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about that. That sounds really interesting. Um, yeah. I might pick that up myself, actually. Mm. See, I wasn't sure if you would be interested in that or not, but yeah, that's good. Too. I mean, you've you've got me interested, mate. So <laughs> well, I'll good. give it a go. That's good. That concludes uh, July's podcast. So thank you very much for you listening. As waffle on about everything that is fandom related. Obviously, thank you, Joe, for joining me anytime to, to talk about everything nerdy. Uh, our next podcast is going to be in the la- again. It's going to be the last week of the month, 
for August edition. So make sure you're tuned in for that. Uh, to stay up, up to date with the latest podcast, you can follow our, our own socials. We'll post it when the next episode goes live. Uh, Joe's, uh, mine and Joe's Discord, they're both in the link in the description below. Twitter for Joe is uh, using the uh, username of Familiar Force, and I will be Maverick RNG. We also both have content over on Twitch and YouTube. Um, Joe's Twitch and YouTube are going to be familiar for us, but the YouTube is a bit different because he's got uh, some numbers at the end there. Five, I don't eight, know eight, why. Nine. Um, he, he probably needs to change that. Um, <laughs> mine, on the other hand, easy to remember. My Twitch and YouTube is uh, at Maverick RNG. So if you did enjoy it, uh, make sure to uh, give us a follow, give us a rating and review on the podcasting platform of your choice and we'll be seeing you guys in the next one on the fandom's edge